the OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 296. I hope that you guys are doing fantastically well today. Um, If you are struggling though with OCD or anxiety, you can get a free session with me to get that. All you need to do is to head over to my website, robertjamescoaching.com. There you can leave me a message uh, or you can actually just book that free session directly. Uh, So if you'd like to do that, you are very welcome. In today's episode, I uh, chat with Molly Lemon. Molly is uh, somebody who struggles with uh, OCD and anxiety. And today, uh, she's come on to, to kind of share to share her story. We actually uh, met through Instagram, um, you know, where she she actually has a very large following. Um, you can you can find her on uh, Instagram, uh, Molly Lemon Art. Um, you know, and uh, she also actually has a podcast as well called the Out of Ink Podcast, which you can find uh, the link to in the show notes, um, where she discusses with a friend uh, about mental health and, and art. Uh, it's a humorous podcast, so yeah, I recommend that you check that out. Um, but yeah, in today's um, episode, we're, we're discussing about Molly's story of OCD, uh, how she went through therapy and how that helped her in different ways. Um, she discusses how she uh, manages the OCD in, in the long term and also some of the, the fears that she has about, about that, about maybe coming out of therapy and the difficulties that you possibly might find with, with doing that. Um, and I think you'll find it's a really positive story. Um, you know, she's somebody who's really been able to to turn things around and, you know, get to a much better place with OCD. So I think it's a really... Uh, it's a really inspiring story. Uh, as always, if you do find the podcast helpful, it'd be great if you could follow and like on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at robertjamescoachinguk. And also, if you could subscribe on your podcast app of choice, that would also be amazing. So with no further ado, off we go. Uh, if you have any more questions, do please let me know. Many thanks. Hi Molly, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. That's great to have you to have you here. So, obviously, um, we we met because um, I think I think you've been listening to to the podcast. Um, we're also uh, friends on on Instagram or followers on Instagram. Mm. Um, and so you're you're an artist, um, and you also struggle with with OCD. Is that is that correct? Yeah, OCD and generalized anxiety as well. Mm. Okay, yeah. so so how long have you been struggling with with uh, with those for? So, I think some of my earliest memories are OCD memories, um, mm. like tapping equally on my hands and feet when I was very young. Like I feel like 
it's always been part of me, but I didn't really recognize what it was until properly until last year. And that was when I was uh, 29. So it probably took me about 22 years to really realize what it was. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time. Uh, and, and actually, surprisingly, that that's, that's not an unfamiliar story. Mm. Sadly, that seems to be the case with, with a lot of people, no? Yeah. And also, I think because if it's all you've ever known, that's how your brain works. It just feels like it's part of you and it's inevitable and always going to be there. So I didn't really question it very much. And I, I knew it wasn't very normal, so I didn't mention it. So mm. I was aware that it wasn't probably what other people are doing. But yeah, I kept it to myself. Mm. Okay. And, and so you, you found it to be a very normal thing. But are there times when when it, it was getting a lot worse, for example, where you know, you could you could feel it more obviously that perhaps it was, uh, you know, something that, that other people weren't doing or something that, you know, needed to be addressed. Yeah, I think so. It was there for all my life. And then last year, it got a lot worse. And that's when I started to realise um, that I was doing things that were like quite odd. And um, that's when I realized it was OCD when I started to Google what I was doing I was then I came up with a list of symptoms and I was like oh yeah I have all these symptoms um so yeah it was like Dr Google that uh <laughs> diagnosed me to begin with mm, yeah yeah well I think it was it was the same for me uh initially mm. it was uh coming across things on the internet and realizing with a huge sigh of relief Mm. um that actually this is something that you know is is summed up by by uh this acronym OCD because before that uh I just felt like I was struggling with all this this bizarre stuff that nobody else could be could be struggling with and so actually it was quite a relief yeah you know, to realize other people do struggle with this too yeah definitely it is sometimes helpful to have a label and then realize there's things you can do to help rather mm. than just get lost in your own brain about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so what have you, um, what did you do next then when, once you realized that things were getting, um, you know, a little bit out of hand mm. with, with these thoughts? Um, you know, was there, was there actually a kind of a trigger for that, do you think? Or was it just the inevitable um slow march of OCD <laughs> over time kind of getting a bit a bit worse I think it was a bit inevitable like I was always really anxious and there were always things that I was fixated on um that I'd always have like one thing that was like the thing I was anxious about that year or you know it would always be a thing um but it would change and then last year um I got anxious and about something to do with work and um it just wouldn't go away and it would just it was always there like when I woke up throughout the day when I went to bed it was just like the one thought and then if I had another anxiety it'd be such a relief to have something else that was different to worry mm. about because I was so because I think it was generalized anxiety but then with OCD I became obsessed with the anxiety so it was like mm. a real mix um so and cause when you think about something every day uh you get really confused like about how like you lose perspective on it you don't know how big it is um so yeah I was very confused by my own thoughts and 
when you're that anxious, like it's very easy to feel depressed. So I was feeling very depressed and anxious. Um, so yeah, there was the the anxiety wasn't something I could check. So I'm like, my tendency is to check things like that is how my OCD manifests a lot of the time, but I couldn't check what I was worried about. So like, it would be like, if you thought a door, you'd left a door open somewhere you weren't able to check that door but you checked a door in your house which didn't help you know if the other door was okay but it was something you could do but it caused more confusion like that's how I'd say what it was like Mm. um but yeah then my OCD just because I was so stressed was manifesting in like checking yeah doors switches uh well if I'd left things on driving back to my studio after work to make sure I'd you know left it properly um and then uh I developed a hit and run OCD which I know you've done an episode on I was very pleased to see you've done an episode on that because I hadn't heard anyone talk about it before then Mm. um so yeah which so if I hit a pothole I'd be like convinced it was a pedestrian or a dog um so yeah that so that was all happening for about 10 months last year and then like my ruminations about this anxiety would start to end with the only way out is suicide like that was how the only solution in my mind was that was where I always ended up at the end so Mm. that's when I knew that like that started to scare me because I thought like apart from this anxiety I have the job I want I have the partner I want I have the house I want like everything was good apart from my brain Mm. so um and all I needed to do was just accept this bad thing could happen and that I could cope with it but I couldn't work that out in my head at the time um so then that's when I started seeing a CBT therapist because I just thought this is getting a bit too scary to cope with on my own okay um do you think it was uh you know serious suicide concerns that you had or was it more part of the OCD what how how, uh, how did I, that manifest? I don't think it was because I know there's suicide OCD. I don't think it was that. I literally thought I was in so much like emotional pain that it was the only way I could see out of the problem. Mm. So it wasn't like I hadn't got to the point where I was really seriously thinking about it, but it was my brain would always end in a rumination with that's the that's the only solution here. Okay. So I, that it felt like it didn't feel like OCD that it just felt like that was all I could see was the way out of where I was okay yeah and I think that's an important message actually to to people who might be listening obviously if you you know can uh empathize with what you're talking about there you know mm. if you're struggling with with the idea that suicide is the only way out you definitely definitely get, need to go and get some help and mm. you know ideally speak to your doctor speak to an OCD therapist uh or somebody uh, and get some help okay so so that's that's where you you got to so that must have been really hard really difficult no to yeah at that point yeah it was really hard and I I kept it to myself because I didn't want to like burden other people with my mind like my my I did tell my husband at the end but it had been quite a few weeks of feeling like things were really bad before I was able to tell him um and then when I did he wasn't really sure how to help because he didn't you know know how to 
to he'd never been in that position before Mm. so that was why like professional help was really important someone that was able to support me and you know tell me how to cope or help me cope with it Mm. okay yeah so so getting that professional mental health uh support Mm. absolutely essential in in that situation Mm. which you did yeah um and so you began to improve it sounds like so what what happened what was what was helpful for you and what were some of the big lessons do you think that you've learned Mm. so the first session I had there was like a weight off me that I was like safe I felt a lot safer because I talked about how I was feeling and there was someone there that I could go to that would be able to help me basically I felt like I'd finally like got the help I needed after all these years um so just having someone to talk to like that was probably initially the biggest help um and then I think I really wanted him to say these are what you need to do to get better like I wanted like a plan right there and then but actually for the first about five weeks we went through like past traumas and things which I was a bit frustrated at first I think because I felt but I need help with this specific problem I'm having now. Um, but actually, by the end of those five weeks, I felt so much better just by mm. um, going over past traumas and kind of unpacking everything. Like that in itself helped. Um, that was really important to unpack everything. Mm. Yeah, that that's interesting because you know a lot of the time you uh, you hear the opposite message when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, you know that that talk therapy is not good for OCD, um, yeah. and I I see where that message is coming from because mm. obviously uh, if somebody doesn't understand OCD, yeah, and they want to do talk therapy and and you tell them well I'm you know I'm struggling this is just an example I'm talking about you but you know, maybe the person says I'm struggling with this or that like maybe a harm OCD for example. Mm. And then the therapist wants to tie that to, oh, that must be because something something happened to them when they were young. Yeah. Maybe nothing did. Yeah. Um, and they're actually creating a, a more of a problem for, for mm. that person by digging around and looking for, for stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that was the case with you at all. It sounds like it was, you know, actually a case where looking at that, that trauma, uh, because I think we all have trauma. Mm in one way or another yeah uh some of us more than others um but obviously doing that allowed some energy to move or for something to change yeah I think well first of all my therapist is CBT but is specialist in OCD and generalized anxiety so it's you know very specific yeah Um, but I think a lot of what I was struggling with was I wouldn't allow myself to feel feelings like of sadness and fear so by unpacking past traumas I was able to let those feelings in Mm. Um, and like so after a couple of months of therapy I was able to listen to music whereas I'd really struggled listening to music before then because it was very like emotive like any kind of slightly sad would be like a threat to me feeling um Mm. and then like happy music that was nostalgic was also a threat because nostalgia I find really hard so allowing myself to feel helped with my OCD because 
I was able to like accept that bad things might happen but I can cope with them like that's been a lot of what we've been working on yeah that sounds amazing that sounds uh very much the kind of approach that that you know I find very helpful as well mm. yeah. um I really feel that that's actually at the heart of OCD no it's yeah. this this not a lot like a kind of inflexibility mm. when it comes to emotional states yeah definitely and just feeling like things that aren't that big are, are huge because you won't let yourself face them mm. um, and you yeah you just have a you just convinced that you can't cope with things that come at you in life when actually in reality you can cope mm. yeah yeah no that's really interesting and so so diving into those traumas mm. must have been very hard mm um yeah. Mm. yeah it was hard it was like quite an intense process but really helpful in the long run like difficult at the time but um helpful now like I for a few months after that I felt a lot lighter I felt like my brain is like naturally very busy and there were like moments where I wasn't really having many thoughts like it was calm and quiet which I'd never experienced before um so that was because I was always thinking I wonder what people without OCD and anxiety wonder what their brains are like I just thought they might be full of really happy thoughts all the time but then I realized actually they might just be a bit quieter in their brain which is like it was such a relief to just be and like not have to constantly so one of my coping mechanisms was to constantly listen to true crime podcasts like the most <laughs> gruesome podcast to like try and distract myself from my brain like something really extreme like that was my coping mechanism but to be able to listen to music or be in silence is like something I can do now but I couldn't have done before yeah it's it's funny that in a way we'd rather have like these extreme or difficult emotions that that we can control yeah yeah um then then experience ones that that you know that are maybe once you experience them and you learn how to experience them you know they're not so bad but the problem is that they are they're not under our control they're going to come up whenever they whenever they need to come up yeah they're it's unpredictable almost, yeah there's uncertainty there basically yeah yeah, but when you learn that, like, sadness, for example, is okay. Mm. Like, I was searching out the saddest songs. I wanted to feel it, but I hadn't ever wanted to feel that before. Like, I was experiencing it, and it was it was okay. Yeah. Like, it wasn't terrible. So, like, yeah. that was, a like, a whole new thing to learn, basically. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's, uh, that's amazing. It's a really, really interesting um uh, story that you've been able to turn things around so uh so powerfully so where are you where are you up to now then do you feel that you you're managing the OCD does it still come up sometimes yeah it it does still come up I'm I'm at towards the end of therapy now which is a bit scary because and I feel like I'm going to be out on my own with it again which is yeah but you have like with CBT it's a process and then you need to go and you know practice it in the real world and you will be okay on your own um but yeah OCD does come up but I've got a lot better with it um I feel like it's 
it's very I've got such like a vivid imagination because I'm an artist so it is always like morphing and changing and creatively trying to you know input itself into my world mm. um but I'm so much more aware of it and like what it is and who I am and I feel like that awareness has really helped um like recognize it when it comes up and ha have that kind of inner strength to confront it mm. yeah there's a few things you said there that, that are interesting I think um like most people that I speak to, I think, who struggle with OCD, mm. um, often they are very creative people. Not always, but often there is that that part to it, mm. um, you know, where they tend to have an overactive imagination um, combined with uh, a nervous system that that is also kind of overactive. Yeah. You know, and that could be from trauma or that could be biological or something else but you know it's it's interesting what you were saying about the the mind kind kind of quieting uh quietening down when you learn how to to manage it a bit better and that's almost like the nervous system coming a bit more under control again um mm. so yeah it's it's definitely a relief when that happens and then it got loud again a bit because it, it's never going to be linear of a recovery mm. with mental health so I wasn't like it's it got a bit louder recently but yeah it's about learning the tools to to help with it yeah so when it does get louder and you have you know not a setback but a challenging mm. moment let's say mm. how do you try to deal with that so I've started to do meditation, which can help bring me back. If I start ruminating and I'm not able to stop thinking about it, mm. take myself outside because it's beautiful weather at the moment in the UK and mm. just do 15 minutes of meditation. Um, I find that can reset me a bit. It might not always work, but it feels like something I can do to kind of reset. Um, and also I do find writing down my anxiety is helpful and then acknowledging if they're hypothetical they're probably out of my control and I can let them go yeah. um so I found that really helpful especially at first I was writing loads every day like pages of like hypothetical practical worries and recognizing what I could do and what I just needed to accept um but I don't do that I do that about maybe once every couple of weeks now if things get bad um but yeah sometimes just acknowledging it in your head is enough if it's hypothetical and then just breathing and then trying to let it go or delaying it say I'll think about this tomorrow that mm. can be helpful yeah yeah all of those approaches are really helpful I think mm. um you know it's about I, I think it's about trying to create a bit more separation between you and these intrusive thoughts yeah. um you know because when we're in the mix of it when we're right there it's almost like we've we've completely fused with that thought. Yeah. Um, no, like we believe it's yeah. part of us or something. Yeah, and just the way they circle around, like in a, in your head, and they just you can think about the same thing for like weeks at a time. I find like not anymore, but before it was just like so repetitive. It was like torture, just the same thought. And even now, like sometimes it is hard to stop a rumination um something some things are harder to let go of than others but yeah if you go through 
if you have a few things you can go to to kind of try and press pause on it or move on to something else that's really helpful yeah yeah okay and would you say that the um because you mentioned that you were checking things quite a lot mm. so would that be like um in terms of like you leaving leaving home like checking that everything's turned off correctly the doors locked correctly that kind of thing yeah it's less so about home because I don't have much anxiety at home and I find where I've got more anxiety I have more compulsions mm. so like the car driving I have so many compulsions to do with driving um and then at my studio where it's not it's um like a shared space then it's like responsibility of leaving um the, it locked up properly like anything where there's shared responsibility I find a lot harder than mm. like my house there aren't too many compulsions I I would perform here if that makes sense because it's like a safer space for me yeah okay so you can be calm you can see what's going on and you can recognize yeah. the OCD a bit better when you're at home yeah and it's my house so although my husband lives here too like it's uh not lots of other people relying on me to do things correctly yeah yeah okay okay so when there's a, a kind of responsibility let's say for, for other people mm. um whether that's maybe the the hit and run mm. uh ocd um obsessions or whether that's things to do with how your actions um affect other people that tends yeah. to be a really tricky area yeah yeah I found that really hard like I yeah I carry such a sense of responsibility as a lot of people do who have OCD mm. and that's been yeah that's kind of what has driven most of the OCD and anxiety and it's been hard to let that go mm. um and yeah we've been working on at therapy the difference between caring for someone and being responsible for someone and kind of resetting my mindset on that yeah I think it's about recognizing perhaps where the limits of your responsibility lies yeah um and figuring that out when you're in a calm uh good place maybe writing that down so you don't get caught up in a rumination about it. Um, and then I guess it's whenever you're in that position where it's coming up, if you've thought about it beforehand in a calm place, and then when you're in that position and the thoughts are coming up and they're like, oh, you better go and check that again. Mm. Then on some level, you know what's going on. Yeah. You know it's OCD and you can choose then if you're going to do an exposure to just walk away and not check it or whatever yeah. the thing is, or you can choose to go and do it. Um, yeah. No? Yeah, and I quite like the, I'm, I love a challenge. So with the exposures, I quite like, not like them because they can be difficult, but when one comes up and like, oh, this is an opportunity to test myself mm. like I feel quite when I when I first was we started working with um exposures I just wanted my therapist to be like don't check anything this week just don't like I wanted to do it all in one week because yeah. that was how my brain worked but we started with just the handbrake of the car but then that week I got 
so obsessed when I was driving. Don't check the handbrake when you stop. Don't check the handbrake when you stop. That I, Of course, I knew exactly that was on because I was thinking about it when I put it on. But after that obsessive thought calmed down, I was able to... Um, yeah do exposures properly but uh think like when you've got a personality that tends to obsess and be obsessive sometimes you just want to jump in and do it all, all at once which you might not be ready for yeah I think that's an important message actually to share with people um you know because it's great it's great if you do have that attitude of like right I'm gonna go for it no mm. Uh, yeah. And I liked what you said about like, uh, you know, trying to view exposures as an opportunity. Mm. That's a really helpful way to view it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, that enthusiasm, it can get us stuck if we demand too much, mm. you know, from ourselves. And actually, you know, a big part of getting over OCD is also this kind of being a bit more compassionate and understanding with ourselves. Yeah, um, that's something I realized the other week that... I had like this moment where I realized I had almost zero self-compassion. <laughs> like I just wasn't able to ever give myself a break. If I made a mistake, I could never, or if something happened, it would always be my fault. Like mm. it must've been me. So that's something I've been working on to like, yeah, be kinder to myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, little by little you can do that. And so, yeah, if you're demanding too much, if you say, right, the whole week, I'm not allowed to do any exposures. I mean, not only are you setting yourself up to fail, but mm. it's going to be very frustrating and uh, and very difficult. So I really, yeah, I, I like that approach of just saying, what are one or two exposures I can do? Let's see if I can really commit to doing those and and actually practice the acceptance with that. Mm. And and that let's let's see where where I get to, and maybe next week I can push on a bit more with other things. Yeah, and I did find as soon as I was successfully um, doing exposures that I was more quickly able to to do others. Like, it got easier because, not always, but I guess I was retraining my brain that it was okay to be anxious and it would that anxiety would go down after a bit of time. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like it's all been about retraining my brain, basically. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay, well, it's been really interesting talking. If you only had one piece of advice that you could offer up to to people mm. who are struggling with with OCD and anxiety, what would that advice be? That is tricky. Um, it would probably be that your what you're scared of feels like the biggest thing, but you can recognize that you can cope with it. Like you often feel, especially if you think about something a lot, that you just wouldn't be able to cope. But I think the reality is you can um, and it will be OK. Um, and to have a bit of faith in yourself that, yeah, you can cope with pretty much anything life throws at you. Yeah, that's fantastic. I really like that. Um, you know, it's it's also that that message of you no know, uh, postponement in a way, like this thing that we're kind of worrying about it's not happening now or it's not happening yet or mm. you know perhaps I can deal with it at a future time mm. uh, and I'm going to entrust in my ability to be able to actually do that in that future moment I don't need to be in the future trying to make sure that everything is going to be okay and everything's going to be safe and all these people are going to be okay um, but it's hard 
<laughs> yeah yeah and also to recognize that like most things i ruminate about never come to fruition like they just most things don't actually happen in the end and to recognize you don't need to spend all your energy trying to control something that might never happen mm. yeah if, if you can if you can do that if you can postpone or yeah let go of things yeah 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 it's, it's a really important message um you know, and if you can is is uh, an important way of putting it too, because obviously what you've done is you've gone about it in a really kind of positive, but but um, you know organized kind of way where you've sought out uh, an OCD therapist, started to do the CBT, uh, gone into your trauma, did some work there, obviously started to work on exposure work and other CBT methods. Uh, you've recognized that it's not a linear process and you know you've taken all these steps little by little and you've arrived at this place where sound like seems to me like you're you know you're managing it a lot better although of course uh there is that concern Mm -hmm. of oh no I've got to go out on my own again what's going to happen but it seems like you've come a long way um you know and I think that's really really positive story to, to share with people also uh more recently you've uh you've set up your your own podcast um uh which which actually combines art and dealing with anxiety is that is that right yes yeah, so me and my friend b have a podcast that we started a couple of years ago um it's about self-employment and being an artist but also we're both anxious people so um we it's hum it's a humorous podcast. We have the first thing we do every week is the anxiety scale where we choose a topic like ice cream and then we go through like our worst ice cream, which would be our most anxious day, and then our favorite ice cream, which would be least anxious, and then we go for what ice cream we are today and then where we are on the scale. So it yeah, so it is it's a because of a lot of um artists are anxious. So we just thought it would be good to share that yeah um, help people feel less alone and also share tips about like um, self-employment as well um so yeah that's been like a really enjoyable thing to do and hopefully has helped people as well yeah interesting yeah I'm not an artist but I definitely uh can empathize with being self-employed and uh, the stresses that come with that yeah definitely yeah but it it tends to be worth it in the end, but yeah, it does add a lot of it adds a lot of uncertainty actually to your life being self-employed, which doesn't always go that well with anxiety. Mm. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, and if people want to to check out their podcast, where can they find it? So Out of Ink is on most podcast apps. So if you just search Out of Ink, you should find it. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Molly. Uh, Molly, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only. 
and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.